Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. Our vision is to extend and establish the influence of the kingdom of God by equipping the saints for the work of ministry. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. We are currently ministering on kingdom values to live by. We have been on this series of lessons for quite a number of weeks, both in our Sunday morning services as well as in our Sunday evening services uh, for those who are part of the webinar church. Now, first of all, we need to understand, for those of you who are probably here for the first time, when we speak about a value system, what are we talking about? We are speaking about a set of practices and principles that we consider so valuable in our own lives that our heart wraps itself around those values. So values are something that we treasure in life. Jesus said that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Naturally, we will gravitate toward those things, those practices, those principles that we consider as our treasure. Amen? What you consider as valuable and as treasure to you, you will naturally be gravitated toward those practices or principles. Now, having a godly value system will not only strengthen and shape our godly character, but will also help us to determine in our own lives what is important and what is meaningful to us. The Word of God says in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, and let's read it together. I'm reading from the King James Version. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Now, the only way we can set our affection on things above is by valuing what God values, by loving what our Heavenly Father loves, because where our values are, there will our heart be also. Amen? Now, last Sunday, I ministered to you on two of the important or highly prized values in my own life, which is faithfulness and obedience. And we spoke about how God, before pronounces anyone faithful, He puts him through a test or a trial, and He is tested and tried. You see, you may think you're faithful. You may think you're obedient until you go through the test. And in the test and in the fire, you, you prove to yourself and to others whether you are or not. Amen? Usually everybody thinks he's faithful until they go through a test. And believe me, God will test you in order to strengthen you. The devil will tempt you in order to destroy you. 
There's a difference. So I spoke about the test that God puts us through. We spoke about Joseph, how he was severely tested and found faithful. As a result, he was promoted to the second highest place in the nation of Egypt. Amen? He was entrusted with the wealth of the nation because he was faithful in the least. Amen? And so you will be tested and you will be tried. Today, I want to look at two more values which are very high up on my personal value system. And I'm going to give you a few of my own personal testimonies, if you don't mind, just to bring it home. For me, the value of spending time in the Word of God and spending time fellowship, fellowshipping with God in prayer are two of the most important values in my own personal life. The Word of God and prayer. I always imagine these two values or two practices in my own personal life as the two wings of an eagle that enables the eagle to soar above the storms into the clear skies. And from there, begin to see things from God's perspective. And when you, if you are a diligent student of the Word of God, you spend, you, you spend seasons, regular times with God in prayer, fellowshipping with Him, you will also rise like an eagle above the storms and the challenges that we face every single day. And from there, God enables us to see things as He sees them. Amen? Amen. And from there, from the place of authority, we are able to deal with principalities and powers and walk in victory every single day. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, someone is getting really blessed today. The rest of you, I don't know what you're doing, but praise God. Thank you, brother. Now, by being a diligent student of the Word of God, that is by spending quality time in reading, in studying, in meditating the Word, as well as faithfully remaining in prayer, this is my personal testimony now. I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me. I have kept away from the paths of the destroyer. These two values, these two practices in my own life, spending time in the Word of God, spending time in prayer on a regular basis, fellowshipping with God, these two values, these two practices have kept me and my family away from the paths of the destroyer. And I have a scripture to prove it. Psalm 17, verse 4. Psalm 17, verse 4. Concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips, the psalmist is speaking to the Lord, I have kept me, preserved me, protected me from the paths of of the destroyer. By the word of your lips, O Lord. Amen? I have kept me away 
from the paths of the destroyer. So if you were to ask me today, what has been the secret of my stability over 42 years, or the strength of my walk with God, I would definitely say my love for the Word of God and my consistency in the prayer closet. These two things. These two things. My love for the Word of God and my consistency in the prayer closet. Those two practices or values or principles, if you would like to call them, have renewed my strength daily, comforted me when I needed to be comforted, protected me, and have kept my heart close to the Lord and His will for my life and for my family and ministry. I would also like to say this, in honor of the Word of God, that every major decision I have taken over 42 years of walking with the Lord, every major decision, every life-altering decision was birthed through prayer, much prayer, and the Word of God given to me and interpreted to me personally as I sought God through His Word by the Holy Spirit. The desires that were formed or birthed in my heart, which I have pursued diligently over the course of the years, were birthed, initiated through much prayer and fellowship with the Word of God. You see, you cannot spend time with God in prayer and in His Word without Him communicating and imparting to you the desires of His heart. And His desires become your desires. And then you begin to pursue them diligently. They're no longer your desires. They are His desires imparted to you by the Spirit through the Word as you fellowship and walk with God. And many times God speaks to us through desires, godly desires. But we need to know the Word of God, be a diligent student of the Word of God, in order to discern what is of God, desires, and what is of my own selfish desires. There is a difference. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord. How do you delight yourself in the Lord? You delight in His Word because in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You delight yourself in the Word. And then what will He do? What happens then? When you delight yourself in the Lord, not in your circumstances, not in your ambitions, not in your pursuits, but your delight is in the Lord, then what happens? He gives you the desires of your heart. You begin to develop His heart, and He begins to birth desires from His heart into your heart. That's how God works. Now, many in the body of Christ today, and when I say many, I say that seriously. Many continue to wander around without purpose in life, and the reason for that ignorance is because they have not given value 
or due diligence to God's Word or to the ministry of prayer. Amen. And I say that seriously. Many are wondering. What, what do you mean wondering, Pastor? Well, they don't know where they're going. They don't know what their purpose in life is. They don't know why they were born. They don't know why God called them. They think, oh, God called me to go to heaven. That's wonderful. But that's not all. There is a specific assignment or assignments that God had already prepared for you before you even came into existence. And because there were certain assignments that God wanted to do, He gave you birth, and He brought you to Himself, and He redeemed you and anointed you so that those assignments may be fulfilled by you. Amen? There are things that only you can do because that's the way you were gifted by God and wired by God that no one else can do but yourself. And that's why the greatest strategy in life is, is you born, you come to the Lord, and you die without ever realizing or discovering the, the, the ultimate purpose that God created you. And there are things that the world needed through your faith and through your initiative that are not here today because you have not found yourself in the Lord. Now, first of all, in my own personal walk with God, it was while in prayer and in fellowship with the Word that I discovered my own God-given purpose. I didn't know it until then. And that took place long before I stepped into the ministry. And I will share my testimony. With my Bible open on the 16th of December, 1979. Well, how do you know, Pastor, it was the 16th of December, 1979? When God spoke to me, I underlined that verse of Scripture and I put the date next to it. If you, if I have all my old Bibles. If you will look through my Bibles, you will find them so marked and so dirty. This book became alive through the Spirit in my heart. And on that blessed day, you know what I was doing? I was in prayer, and I was fellowshipping with the Word and talking to God. And on that day, the 16th of December, 1979, I came across a verse of Scripture in Luke's Gospel which said the following, and I will share it with you. Luke's Gospel, 176 and 77. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest... For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. And when I read those words, I cannot explain to you in natural terms what happened to my spirit and to my heart. But I knew that I knew that I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that sooner or later I would go into the ministry and preach the gospel. I knew it. 
A supernatural knowledge came into my spirit as I read those words, interpreted to me. Now, those words were not specifically given to me. It was given to John the Baptist. But the Holy Spirit took those words, applied them to my heart, and by the Spirit they became my words. And the knowledge of the Most High entered my heart that I knew that sooner or later I would go into the ministry full-time and preach the gospel. Sure enough, four years after that encounter, 1983, in the month of September, I was released and commissioned into the ministry by my ex-pastor. And I've been in ministry since then. Now, much preparation, of course, had to take place, not just in my own personal life, but in the life of my family as a preparation. But this came as a result of what I already knew in my spirit since that day the Word of God was revealed to me. That's why the Word is very precious to me. I love the Word of God. I spend time in the Word meditating, not just reading it, Much later, I came across another verse of Scripture from the book of Jeremiah. And it happened the same way. While I was in fellowship with God in prayer, reading the Word of God with an open mind, being conscious and mindful of the Spirit within me, I came across Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. That was a revelation to me. I didn't know that. Before you came forth out of your mother's womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. <laughs> Wow. Now, God has a great sense of humor. If you really know God, you know that he has a great sense of humor. God knew me before I was formed in my mother's belly. And before I came out of the womb, he said, not only did he set me apart, but he also commissioned me into the ministry. For me, it was a revelation. Not only did I know I was going into the ministry, but God specified what my office would be in that ministry. How did I know that? No person told me that. Now, sure, there were prophetic utterances after the Lord had revealed this to me that confirmed that that is the word of the Lord. But I never went by prophetic utterances. I already knew what those prophetic utterances came, came as a confirmation of what God has spoken. And you know, you can apply this word to your own life. God knew you before you existed, before you came into the earth. Before your mother gave you birth, God already had set out His plans for you. In fact, the Bible says He has written a book about your life, Psalm 139. Yeah. Amen. How did I find this out? By diligently studying and searching the Word of God in the spirit of prayer, saying, God, speak to me. Now, that's not the only way that God speaks to us. God has several ways 
that He speaks and communicates with us. But for me, this is the primary way. Why? Because I've placed value on God's Word and I've placed value in prayer. And He will do the same for you if you value the Word of God to the extent that we should value it. Now, the Word and prayer, as I said, will do the same for you and will show you things about yourself which you did not know, about your life that you did not know, about your God-given purpose and your divine assignments in life. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Praise God. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus, for what? For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now this verse of Scripture tells me and assures me that God has prepared beforehand good works for us to walk in them. How will we discover what these good works are specifically for you? There's only one way. Only through the diligent study of the Word of God under the guidance of the Holy Spirit in an atmosphere of prayer. God will show you. And God will make this Word life and light to you. Now, of course there are things we don't have to pray about. Let me give you an example, like forgiving others. You know, you should forgive because the Word of God says. And the Word says, do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Does He say that? Being kind and generous. Loving one another. Now, you don't need a revelation for that. Because it's all here. It's written. You do not pray for things that God specifically laid out in His Word. It's already given to us. But there are other things which the Word of God does not specify. The Word doesn't tell you where you're going to live. Which church you're going to be part of. Amen? Where are you going to work? And what your purpose in life is, specifically. Does it, does it tell you that? Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't tell me that. Which neighborhood are you going to live? You know God is interested in that too. You know that? When we came to Cape Town, our congregation was scattered all over. There were a handful of Greek people. One lived in Camps Bay. The other one lived in Simonstown. Another one lived in Pineland. So we came to shepherd these very few people, and we were looking for a house. Where are we going to buy the house? Because they were all over. We didn't have a building. We didn't have a place of meeting. We decided we're going to meet in Pineland. So we started looking in Pineland, and we didn't like it. They wanted too much money for such a state of houses. So what do you do? You pray. So my wife and I, we prayed. We sat down, we talked to God, and we asked one another and discussed, what do we want to see in our house? Well, she said, I want this, and I want that, and I want that. I said, I want to see this, and that, and that, and that, and this is the price we have. This is what we have available. So we wrote it on a piece of paper. We signed the petition, and we started looking all over the place. 
from Bloberg Strand to Capri Village in Fishhook to Platycliff, we came across a house. It was half finished. We looked at the house, we looked at what we wrote on paper, and it was exactly what we wanted. Well, you know many people pray, but they don't know what they're praying for. That's why God wants you to be specific. <laughs> what, what, what do you want? Jesus asked the blind man, what do you want? He asked for mercy. You know, mercy is a vast uh, blanket. What do you want in my mercy? He says, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Jesus said, receive your sight. Be specific in your prayers. What do you want for God to do for you? Well, when we looked at the house, we looked at our petition, and they were in perfect agreement. We had peace in our hearts. It was within our price range, so we settled in Platycliff. And what a wise decision that was. Now, we almost fell into a trap a few weeks earlier, but God rescued us. You know, agents wants to force you. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, if you don't sign today, somebody else is going to give an offer in and you're going to lose it. And Thank God. We've been living in that house for 26 years and every day is a joyful day. I still enjoy that home and I still love it. I, I walk around and I, I, every room there's beautiful memories of raising our children, giving hospitality to people. And where did that come from? It was birthed out of prayer and petitioning the Lord. Now, in those cases where the, where the Word of God is not specific, we need to seek the Lord in prayer and wait for His guidance through the Word interpreted by the Spirit. I will give you another life-altering decision, another, another testimony that, that that is why God's Word is so precious to me. What value can I place on this word? When this word became a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Where this written word became the living word by the Spirit that guided me and my family and protected us all throughout the years and provided for us and shielded us from the paths of the destroyer. It was in the year of 1980 take you back many years. You see, if you've walked with the Lord for a number of years, you have a lot of stories to tell. <laughs> Amen? My wife and I, with our, with our three children at that time, actually two, Stephen was only born in 1984. Thank you. We were living in what was called then Rhodesia, and you know the UDI, Unilateral Declaration of Independence by Ian Smith. And Rhodesia was then governed by the minority of whites. In 1980, elections were held and a black government came into power, which of course speculation and rumors spread like wildfire. And the whites, that the whites would be targeted, the properties would be confiscated, and slaughtered in retaliation. It was, believe me, it was not a good time to be living in Rhodesia at that time. Most of our close friends in the Greek community sold their houses, their buildings, next to nothing. 
motivated, inspired by fear, they began to immigrate, and one by one they were leaving. There was a major exodus of white people during that time, from churches, from cities, from communities, and from our very own Greek community. My wife at that time became victim of that fear. And so she began to pressurize me to immigrate to South Africa where most of her family were living at that time. She said, it's time for us to go. Well, having committed to obey the Lord and make decisions that are only birthed out of seeking the Lord in prayer, I say to her, I would pray and seek the Lord and inquire of the Lord what we should do. You see, when you come to Christ, you're not your own. You do not choose where you live. Amen? You do not choose where you go. He chooses for you. Now, you have a choice either to obey or to rebel. At that time, it was God's will for us to be living in that country. And also, you do, not you do not choose which church you're part of. God chooses that for you. And God places you in His body just as it pleases Him. You know, many believers don't understand that. You're not your own, making your own decisions, going where you want to, going where you feel like, going where it's convenient. It's what God chooses for you. Amen? Amen. And so, day after day, I would diligently pray and inquire from the Lord in prayer as what we should do. I do not recall exactly how many days every day I would go to the Lord and pray and seek His face. But one day, from those days of prayer, on the 15th of February, 1982, you ask me, how do you know the date? It's here. Next to that verse of Scripture. When the word of the Lord came to me, and it came as a revelation and an instruction and wisdom from God, I underlined it and put the date next to it. After a season of prayer, I came across the below verses of Scripture from the book of Genesis, and I'll read it to you. Genesis chapter 26, verses 1 and 3. What are we talking about? Godly values to live by. Godly values to base your life on, to base your decisions on, and not being led and guided by how you feel, or what's convenient, or what's comfortable. A value system will, will help you to base your decisions on breathed God decisions, and you can never go wrong. Amen? Amen? So I'm reading now. And there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you. And when I read those words, as I'm reading now, the Spirit stops me. And these words become light and revelation. And as though God took those words out of, the, out of this paper book and printed them on my heart, I received a message. 
it was light. When he said, do not go down, but stay in this land, and I will bless you, I understood by the Spirit that it was his will for us to remain where we were and to serve God and to raise our children in Zimbabwe. And so we stayed. I came back. I said to my wife, we're not going anywhere. God spoke to me. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. And he said, this is where... You see, husbands, primarily husbands, I'm not saying God doesn't speak to the wives, but... God is looking to you to give leadership and direction to your family. Are you with me? Amen? Primarily. Now, God will speak to the wife very often, sometimes even before the husband. But it is my responsibility to give leadership, to give guidance, and to steer my family in the ways of God so that God would be able to bless us and protect us and provide for us. And so I came and I said, Chris, this is not the will of God for us to go. I don't know why, but God said we must stay here. Well, we stayed for another 10 years. And those 10 years proved to be one of the most profitable, blessed seasons of our entire married life. Those 10 years, through the help of the Spirit, through the help of God, God was able to lay a foundation beneath our feet, both spiritually and financially, that carried us to this day. And sometimes I wonder, what would have happened if I didn't seek the Lord? What would have happened if I did not inquire of Him? You know, as I look back over the years, I'm so glad I have valued the Word of God and honored Him enough to inquire of Him in prayer before making such life-altering decisions. Are you listening, church? Today, I see so many believers making decisions without even talking to God about it. Yes, pastor, I prayed about it, and I feel, are you moving by feelings, or are you moving by the Word? When you tell me you feel, what do you mean? Do you feel that way because you think the grass is greener on the other side? Do you feel that you should leave this church and go look for somewhere else because your feelings have been hurt? Or you're offended and you cannot deal with your offense and confront it and deal with it and overcome it? It's dangerous when you say, I feel. If I would ask them, well, can you give me the word on it? Can you give me a scriptural reference by which you base your decision? They cannot come up with anything, just their feelings. Do you know it's dangerous to be moved by your feelings? And what you feel is comfortable, what you feel is convenient, rather than seeking the word of the Lord and asking him and inquiring of him and not moving until you hear. And if you're not sure, you stay put until you are sure. The Bible says that the path of the just, that means the born-again believer, is as a shining light that shines brighter and brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. If I don't know what I should do, I wait. And I talk to God about it. 
Not once, not twice, not three times, until I know. The Bible said Jesus went and prayed three times. Father, if it be thy will. He didn't know. He wasn't sure. Take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. There are prayers that you pray over and over again. There are prayers that you pray only once. That's the prayer of faith. Amen? But when you're seeking revelation and wisdom and guidance from God, you continue to inquire of the Lord and seek His face until He reveals Himself to you. He will not tell you what to do, but He will give you the wisdom to make the best decision available at the time. Some folks would rather prefer that the Lord would do this, don't do that. You're not a child. If you're not a child in the Lord, God will not treat you like a child. One day the Lord said to me, well, I've given you freedom. I've given you initiative to make your own decisions based on the wisdom that I have given you. I don't have to tell you what kind of clothes you're going to wear when you get up in the morning. Some people are so foolish, they will inquire of God what, they should, what should they wear. Let me not go into that now. You've been in the Lord for years. You know the Word of God. God says, I've given you wisdom to make the best decision available. And the wisdom of God is the Word of God, Jesus said. Amen? Are you with me? I trust that after this session today, that you will not make life-altering decisions without inquiring of the Lord diligently until you hear from Him. And when you hear from Him, ask Him to give you His Word. The Bible says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses. Now, God speaks to us through other avenues, through other people, through dreams, through visions, by angelic visitations, by the gifts of the Spirit, and all those avenues God speaks. But for me, primarily, he speaks through my inward witness, through the inward witness of the Spirit, coupled with the Word of God. Amen? If time permits me, I think I'll give you another personal testimony. There are many, many, concerning the value of the written Word interpreted by the Spirit in an atmosphere of prayer. The year was 1998. My eldest daughter then became restless in her work as well as in her personal life. She became impatient. By that time, she was about 22 years of age, and she became anxious. You know how young ladies are. When they reach a certain age and um, no suitable guy comes along, they start getting anxious, they start getting impatient. You've got to be very, very careful here. I don't know how many young folk we have here. Well, she came up with the idea, well, there's no one around here. I am really bored with my work. I think I'm going to go to Cyprus. So she went on an investigating trip while I stayed in prayer, seeking God's face as to how we as parents should advise. Now, when they that age... <laughs> you don't enforce your will 
there are times when you need to enforce your will when they're young and they don't know right from wrong. But when they're old, you can only advise as a parent, right? And we have a responsibility as parents to advise our children. On the 25th of August, 1998, I happened to be somewhere out of Cape Town for the purpose of prayer and fasting concerning the affairs of the church. I wasn't particularly praying about this, but though I began to seek God about that, but that was not the reason why, why I was away. As I'm reading my Bible, I came across the below verse of Scripture from the book of Isaiah, chapter 60, verse 4. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. <laughs> now, <laughs> how much more clear can the, can the Lord spell it out? When I read those words, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side, that last phrase became illuminated by the Holy Spirit, and I heard the Lord clearly say, advise your daughter to stay put by your side. She doesn't need to go anywhere. She'll find whatever she needs and whatever she desires at your side and he emphasized this, remaining under your covering. Wow. Sure enough, six years after that day, the Lord brought a young man by the name of James in a, in a, in a miraculous way, and she's been happily married now for over 12 years. Yes. 13 years now. Parents, sometimes we, we, we do not stand in our place as we should regarding our children. I've known parents that deliberately would send the young ones out. Go, explore, you know, go to another country, explore everything. I say, I say this, the best place for your children is by your side, because there you cover them, there you pray for them, there you advise them. Amen? Are you listening to me? Now, what value can I place on that word? You ask, why doesn't God speak to me this way, Pastor? Well, as I said, God has a number of ways He speaks to us. With each person, He deals differently. But for me, because of the value I have placed on the Word and in prayer, this was the primary way that He would guide and lead me and give me wisdom and direction and protection. Amen? The Word of God declares in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, that is why I say to you, that you need to know the Word diligently. You need to study it for yourself diligently. You need to make this your personal value in life, that you would not neglect the Word of God, that you would spend time in it, studying it, reading it, investigating it, and meditating in it. Hebrews 4.12 says, The Word of God is living and powerful. 
and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Notice that the word alone can divide or separate our soul from our spirit. No one else can do that. Very often you, you have a desire and you think it's from the Spirit. But unless you go to the Word and allow the divider to divide and separate your soul from your spirit, you would not know the difference because they are so alike and so similar. Amen? So, not only that, but it says it discerns the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. The word would go down into the root cause of why you're deciding that. And why do you want that? And is, he is the only one who can discern accurately. Many times our desires and decisions are based on our soul. They are soulish. They are inspired by the flesh. They are inspired and motivated by selfish ambition, motivated by greed, by gain, rather than being led by the Spirit. And the written Word of God is the only agent that can separate the two and show you, this is of God, this is of your own soul. Amen? So as we study and fellowship the Word, our discernment will reach new heights. I, I say this, there is not enough discernment in the church today. Not enough discernment. We, we can't discern anymore. We go by what we see with our eyes, what we hear with our physical ears, rather than by discerning. And many believers have fallen into traps, financial traps, and have lost hundreds and thousands of rands because they could not discern that that deal was bogus. It was a scheme to take the money from them. Believers who have been in the Lord for years, yet they lack the discernment to see through that. And they have made investments that has cost them dearly. No discernment. Why? Not enough of the Word in them. As we study and fellowship with the Word, our discernment will reach new heights, and that will enable us to walk in the light. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse 5, one of my favorite verses, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light, O Lord, to my path. The psalmist again said in Psalm 119, 97, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day long. Verse 103 and 104, How sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth, and through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Do you see how precious the Word of God was to the psalmist? Yeah. Jeremiah, one of my highly favorite verses. Your words were found and I ate them. <laughs> how do you eat the Word of God? I'll tell you how you eat it. You read it so much, you study it so much, you meditate in it so much that you become one with the Word and the Word becomes one with you. 
and the Word becomes flesh. It becomes part of your nature, part of your character, part of your being. Because you ate it. And your word, he says, was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. And this is my prayer. May the Lord create such a hunger in our hearts for his word. And such a thirst for fellowship, for the fellowship of his presence in prayer that will ultimately raise us up as wing, with wings like eagles. The word says, those that wait upon the Lord. How do you wait upon the Lord? You sit at his feet. You hear his word. You fellowship with him in the spirit. You pour your heart out to him, and then you listen as he pours out his heart to you. And then he says, those that do that will renew their strength. Believe me, we need renewal of our strength every single day. As the day of the Lord approaches, the days will become darker, difficult to bear, difficult to deal with. Many will fall away. The weak will fall away. The compromising will be swept away. Only the strong will remain and overcome. And I'm giving you a prophetic warning. Those days are upon us. There is so much pressure on Christians today to abandon their faith. The Bible talks about the great apostasy, the falling away. Before the day of the Lord comes, there will be a great apostasy. Many will fall away from their faith, and they will walk away. Why? Because the days are hard to deal with and difficult to bear, and they will give in to pressure, they will give in to compromise, they will forsake the faith because they're not willing to suffer for His sake. But the strong will remain. Who are the strong? Those who obey the Word of God and do His will. Amen. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.